Good morning. Um, Eleven days ago, I was invited to a dinner out of Calico. And the day before, I had gotten a runny nose and a slight cough, not much, just felt like a little cold. But since I was planning on being in a restaurant with a group of people, I decided to take a COVID test. Sure enough, it came back positive. So I spent the last week, at my week and a few days, feels like forever, at home, um, feeling pretty well, hardly sick at all. Um, runny nose and a little cough and feeling a little tired. Um, and as any of you know who have gone through a period of quarantine, the side effects of quarantine are loneliness and boredom. Um, but I got out for a few walks. I read a bunch. I watched more TV than I ever watch. Um, and, you know, I feel really fortunate because I know that the experience that I had with COVID was very different than what a lot of people's experiences have been. Um, I got off easy. And it's good to test negative and to be back in the world and to be back here in church with you all today. Today, the last Sunday of Epiphany, uh, the Sunday before we enter into the season of Lent, and on this Sunday, every year, we always hear this story of the transfiguration. And, and, and it's such a wonderful story. Um, it starts on a mountaintop. And mountaintops are some of my favorite places in the world. And it concludes in the valley, that place I always return to. But where does it all begin? Well, this journey begins in prayer. One day, Jesus took three of his friends up on a mountain to pray, and a wild thing happened up there. Jesus' friends had a vision. They saw Jesus transfigured, appearing radiant. His face changed, and even his clothing became a dazzling white. Jesus' friends saw him transformed in prayer. Prayer is a mysterious thing. And we pray a lot around here on Sunday mornings. If you've ever noticed, almost everything that we say and sing in these church services is a prayer. And this is good. It's the reason that we come together here in this place every Sunday. The reason we come here is to talk to God and to listen. Corporate prayer is what we call this, uh, this praying together, these formal conversations that we're having with God in church. But there are other forms of prayer, and they can happen anywhere that we remember to pray. Sometimes it's on a mountaintop, especially around here when the view takes our breath away and we're overwhelmed with gratitude being able to just be here in the presence of the beauty of God's creation. Sometimes it happens in traffic when we ask for patience. Sometimes it's when we don't know what to do and we ask for guidance. And sometimes it's when we feel so sad that our hearts are breaking 
and all that we can do is weep and ask for help. In our lives, as is true in the Bible, most prayer happens outside the walls of a church. They happen when we are thrown back onto ourselves and to our own resources, and they're thrown into the hands of a loving God, which is a safe place to land. Something happened as Jesus prayed, and something happens to us and for us when we pray. We might not always become transfigured, and yet again, we always become transformed in prayer. We aren't told what Jesus was saying to God on the mountain that day. We don't know what his experience was, but we are told what his friends' experiences were and what his friends saw. They saw Jesus standing with the two great prophets of their tradition, Moses and Elijah, and Jesus was talking with them. And these two people from the past were telling him about his journey and what was going to happen in the future, his trip to Jerusalem and his death on the cross. And, they, and there Jesus stood between the past and the future in the middle of eternity, and Jesus was radiant. And this is a beautiful way to think about what prayer might do for us. As we pray, if we can be truly present, here and now, right where we find ourselves, our past and our present and our future are reconciled. To borrow, or rather to steal a phrase from Jimmy, here we sit in eternity. So per, perhaps for us, as for Jesus' friends that day, it begins in prayer, in reaching out and attempting to make an intimate connection with God. Well, I don't know about you all, but I tend to fumble around a lot when I try to speak to God. And I think, or I hope anyway, that God's okay with that. Just by giving it an honest try, prayer centers us, just like it centered Jesus that day. And praying to God helps us to integrate, to reconcile, and to become whole. Now, our friends may not be amazed by the change in us as Peter, John, and James were as they saw Jesus transfigured on the mountain but then again, the ones who are paying attention might notice a subtle change in us. If we talk to God often enough and then do our best to listen, we will notice a change in ourselves. I'm not saying that when we pray that every time it's going to be a mountaintop experience. I think that's a little too much to ask, for me anyway. But sure, we'd like to all have those blissful moments. There's nothing wrong with that. And I hope that each of us gets to have a moment of that ecstatic experience. 
when we know we are one with God, when we know that we're God's kids, beloved. But that blissed out state is apparently not meant to last. I wish it would. Peter surely wished that it would that day. He wanted to build three dwellings so that Jesus could hang with Moses and Elijah a little bit longer. But no, God apparently had other plans for Jesus and his friends, and I believe that God has other plans for us too. So during the past week at home, I've been thinking a lot about war. Having a lot of time on my hands, I spent hours reading the Iliad, that horrible ancient poem about horrible men doing horrible things to one another. And every action and every move of death and destruction was couched in glorious rhetoric. It's a 3,000-year-old poem of propaganda, and it sounds disgustingly familiar as we watch people dying and killing in Ukraine today. Look, I have that luxury, right? I get to sit and watch and make judgments comparing the suffering of others to some classic Greek epic but that doesn't change anything. There will be humanitarian efforts that we can help with in Ukraine, and I know that we will, individually, as a church, as a community, as a nation. For now, feeling helpless in the face of the war on the other side of the world, I know of only one thing that I can do in the moment, and that is to pray for peace, for healing, for sanity, for a clear vision of what we can do to help. And Jesus' mission and ministry was one of reintegration and reconciling a broken world a world where people live alienated from one another, alienated from God, and even alienated from themselves. And this, as followers of Jesus, is our mis mission and our ministry too. This is what we all yearn for, I believe, to be connected, to be whole, to know that God loves us and to take the love we've been freely given and act upon it in the world. Because we can choose to follow Jesus down off that mountain. Down from a spiritual high, there's always life right here in the valley where we dwell. There is suffering down here and down here there is always the need for reconciliation down here in the valley others need our help 
Usually they aren't. But sometimes it seems like they're shouting at us as the first man in the crowd he encountered that day shouted at Jesus. He yelled, teacher, I beg you, look at my son. He's my only child. And he goes on to describe how broken his son is. How he's not himself. And how no one can help him. We all know what we're supposed to do, what we're called to do when someone asks or even shouts at us for help. We're supposed to help them. I'm sure that most of us do to the best of our ability with whatever resources we have available. But to be honest, sometimes isn't it just a little irritating to be put upon right after you've had this beautiful mountaintop experience? Even though I'm down here in the valley now, down here with all my people, can't I just bask in the glow a little longer? Apparently not. And this is my favorite turn in the Transfiguration story. And it's a story with many twists and turns. But after the amazing display of Jesus' full divinity, changed, ablazed, proclaimed to be God's own son, the chosen one, well, we get to see Jesus jump into action. We can also catch a glimpse of his full humanity. I mean, when he gets yelled at, he gets a little irritated, right? Well, actually, more than a little irritated because he says, you faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I bear with you? Sounds like something I might say in my less charitable moments. But then Jesus does what Jesus always does. He says, bring me your son. Of course he healed him made him whole, reconciled him. Jesus never refused to heal anyone who asked. Our Book of Common Prayer tells us that the ministry of lay persons, which means the ministry of people, is to represent Christ and his church, to bear witness to him wherever they may be, and according to the gifts given them, to carry on Christ's work of reconciliation in the world. I guess that means that even when we'd rather stay on our own personal spiritual high, or when we get yelled at rather than asked nicely, or even when we're a little irritated, maybe not at our best, in need of some reconciliation ourselves, it's still time to do the work. And I'm not here to tell you that it's going to be easy. Jesus surely never said that. It is our work, and it's work that we can do, but we need each other to do it well. And I believe we need God's help. At least I know I do. To help me to be willing to take on the suffering of the world. So it began in prayer 
today, and I'd like to end it in prayer today um, with one of my favorite prayers, which is the prayer of St. Francis. Maybe some of you might know it. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is offense, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring your light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. O Master, let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that one receives, it is in self-forgetting that one finds, it is in pardoning that one is pardoned, it is in dying that one is raised to eternal life.